Welcome to A Friend of Mine, a series of conversations with some incredible and inspiring women in business from regional and rural Australia. I'm Kimberly Finesse, your host and the founder and editor of Oak Magazine, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some amazing female entrepreneurs who will share with you their experience and knowledge of what it takes to start, grow and scale a successful business. So let me introduce you to a friend of mine. It's time to explore our own backyard in this special travel episode to Malden in central Victoria. Malden is a historical gold mining region between the larger centres of Castlemaine and Bendigo and just over a 90 minute drive from Melbourne. Malden is a charming historic town with an added pinch of the arts, fine accommodation and niche retail experiences to add a little sophistication to the country feel. We've put together a complete guide to everything you need to know about Malden, thanks to local business owners, Kate Edwards from Winter Creek Flowers and Rebecca Hark from Porsche and Co. Kate and Rebecca share with us their move from Melbourne to Malden, the courage it took to open their businesses and operate through COVID and everything you need to know about this lovingly preserved Australian gold mining town. Meet my friends, Kate and Rebecca. Hello, Kate and Rebecca, and welcome to our special tourism episode. Hi, Kimberly. Hello, Kimberly. I'm loving these group podcast episodes where we have more than one person. I think they're fantastic. Well, let's get into it. We are here today to talk about the gorgeous little historic gold mining town of Malden, which is actually situated between the larger centres of uh, Castlemaine and Bendigo. So it's actually just down the road from me. You both have businesses in Malden, and I was wondering, let's get to know you both and, and what's brought you there. So if we could start with you, Kate, could you introduce yourself as to, you know, your business and how you've come to live in Malden? Yeah, sure. Well, my business is called Winter Creek Flowers, and I have a little shop that's, um, or a studio space actually, that's located in the township of Malden in the high street. And I also have a farmlet, I suppose you would describe it, a small uh, area of land where I grow sustainable flowers, which I sell through my shop and also uh, use for weddings and events and in my workshops. So my flower workshops are probably the thing that my business is best known for. And they are, creative workshops that I hold as regularly as I can. It's been a bit difficult with the COVID situation, um, but they're pretty popular and very enjoyable aspect of my business. And I suppose to get to the second part of your question, um, why Malden? Um, I was originally from Melbourne, but very attracted to the whole central Victoria region. And my husband and I, after many years of holidaying, um, we bought a property there about 20 years ago and have slowly been doing this city, uh, country, city, country uh, transition until about five or six years ago, we decided that we wanted to live permanently in the region. Beautiful. Well, I'm I'm glad you do because <laughs> I've <laughs> visited, I've obviously met you a few times through Oak over the last four years and also have visited your little shop in Malden. And it is just, 
It's gorgeous, actually. I mean, you didn't have anything going at the time. There was no workshops when I popped in, but just that sense of creativity in that space and what you've done to it um, is just beautiful, actually. And I think it's not it's not a service or a shop or a business that people would have expected as well. No, no, I, I get that a lot, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, in terms of the community, Kate, have they been very embracing of your business? Absolutely. Um, I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy a lot about Malden is that we have a really strong community. I knew a lot of people before I set up my uh, business in the main street, but uh, once I opened the doors, I found that even more, you know, more and more of the community was making itself known to me and everyone has been incredibly supportive, including uh, the other retailers in our shopping area. new customers, people who've attended the workshop, the people that I buy flowers from as well. So as well as growing my own flowers, I also purchase flowers from other local growers, um, including flower farmers, but also gardeners. So I've, uh, yeah, it's been wonderful. I've uh, kind of been able to reach into this network of beautiful people growing, growing flowers who are you know, always happy to talk about their gardens and teach me things, show me things, share things. So it has been wonderful, yes. Yeah, I was just thinking, not often would you buy a bunch of flowers and know that there's a story behind them. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, we go to the supermarket, you buy a bunch, you know they're from some market somewhere. But, you know, if you're saying that you're purchasing them from, you know, people within the community, like that's really nice to know that that's come from someone's love and tender hands and you know their own garden absolutely I I feel very strongly about um, only using sustainably grown flowers and for me that also means that the flowers are local flowers so the less travel miles associated with the flower and the more I know about the conditions that the flowers have been grown in the happier I feel and um, my my clients and my workshops my guests they're always um, really intrigued to hear about that. And sometimes we will even talk about an individual uh, flower farmer or grower who's been able to provide us with, you know, something special or beautiful for that particular workshop. So that's always a really lovely thing. Yes. I think we could um, even talk about flowers even more on another podcast as well, Kate, Um, especially (laughs) your sustainability (laughs) aspect to it all. Um, But you mentioned that you have been welcomed by other retailers and one of those is Rebecca, who owns Porsche & Co. Yes, Kate and I um, developed a lovely friendship being joint business owners as well as Moldenite, so it's lovely. So, Rebecca, did you want to just um, share with us how you came to live in Malden and tell us about Porsche & Co? It was a happenstance, I guess. About five years ago, my husband Peter and I were just kind of browsing on realestate.com looking for an interesting property, something unique for weekends and something that was different. So up pops a church in Malden. 155-year-old church that had been converted into a residence and we snapped it up. So we'd only been to Malden, I don't know, once or twice before, but it's easy to fall in love with because it's so historic and so surrounded by beautiful hills and the um, village itself is so historically intact. It just felt like a great place to 
buy a property. So we bought a church and was on the accommodation market for a while and we're visiting regularly, off obviously, and wandering up and down the street. You know, like when you're on holidays and you look in the real estate window, you know, you're always looking for, ooh, maybe we could, you know, buy that, buy this. But what we were doing was walking up and down the street looking in the shop windows because some of them were empty and thinking, oh, that would be a nice, I don't know, insert name of business there. <laughs> and at the right time, or I don't know what it was, a big shop became available and the for lease sign came up. And it's got big walls and big windows and very industrial and historic. And I looked in and I thought, mm, that would look great with art hanging on the walls. And I half jokingly said to my husband I could I could open a shop there and run it you know part-time and he went yeah sure and so I did (laughs) to his surprise I quit my job I was experiencing severe burnout from over 30 years working in community services and I became a retailer and so Porsche and Co was born and it's a shop of um the ethos for me is that it, everything in there is something that I've curated, so it's something that I like or love, and it's come from an Australian designer or artist or maker. Um, everything's Australian-owned, and most of it's made in Australia. So that's how it evolved through, over three years ago we've been running now. Amazing. So you launched then into business first time, Um, with sort of no retail background uh, just before COVID. Um, Rebecca, can you take us through what that journey's been like then, you know, that 12 months pre-COVID and then what the last two years has been like for you? The first 12 months, I just loved it. I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. But every time I did something that I hadn't done before, I felt pretty proud of myself. So it's a big leap to leave behind your career of expertise and feel like something that you've built up your whole life is no longer what you're working in. And yet I managed to build my own website and learn how to use Instagram and set up a point of sale and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then buying things, finding things, sourcing what I loved and finding new networks there. Uh, So that first year was, I mean, the shop was looking back, it was so empty. (laughs) I can't believe I had such little stock in there. But that was part of the journey and um, I just became immersed in it more and more. And then, uh, yeah, the first year of, of COVID and yet, you know, we were shut at times, and the but it always felt like the right thing to do because the whole village, the whole of Molden would close those first lockdowns, and it was just what we did. And then open again, and people had come back in various forms. So, it, but it was still building that second year. It was amazed me that I was still getting bigger. And then the third year, so the start of or well, Christmas over twelve months ago, I decided to go seven days a week and put on two staff. So whenever we've not been in lockdown, we've been open seven days a week without fail. And that's our mantra. (laughs) And 
that has been wonderful because that's helped build confidence that we're there. It's hard to be a part-time business because people will turn up when they want to turn up and then be disappointed that you're not open. So I'm so grateful that I've been able to build it and have two wonderful women, Robin and Louise, who work with me to always have our doors open. And it means that people come from Bendigo or Castle Lane or whatever and they know we're going to be open. It's wonderful. It is. I actually really love that. Um, you know, the the trouble with being a part-time business is that you can disappoint people that are visiting. Um, and it's hard to pick those days then of when you would be open to, I mean, leverage when the most people are in town, um, you know, because it's going to be a Saturday and a Sunday, obviously, but then what day during the week? And um, yeah, I think it, I have to applaud you for that, Rebecca, because I know myself, like, especially in holidays, you just, I suppose we take for granted, don't we, that businesses are going to be open. And I know that when we've visited Molden, you have been open every single time. Um, I absolutely adore the products that you stock as well. And I think that's because they satisfy me as well as the kids. Like I can bring my kids in and they can find little knickknacks, you know, a pair of earrings or or something, um, you know, or a gift for someone else. Um, but yeah, and you also have some gorgeous Italian greyhounds. I do. <laughs> that I have to just mention if anyone is dog mad and those that follow me will know that I'm not dog mad, but I do like to look at Italian greyhounds. There's something about them that just is happy. Yeah, they're very they're a special part of the team and they've been there with me since day one because I was coming up and staying in Molden by myself for, you know, the first year and they were my companions. And, um, yeah, they're a bit aloof in the store. They like to look at the customers, but they won't be bounding up to you and looking enthusiastic. No. Um, and then they'll go back to their bed if they're not impressed. So, yeah. yeah. Well, they did stay in their bed a fair bit when we were in <laughs> But um, that's something else I did notice about Molden was the dogs everywhere. You know, everyone's sort of out with their dog and having a coffee, um, you know, along the street. And I don't know, it was really nice, actually. It, like, have you both noticed that yourselves as well? Yeah, there are a lot of dogs in town and a lot of locals, you know, the regular locals will come down with their dogs. And the good thing with Molden is a part of the streetscape is these really wide verandas. And so there's always shade or shelter or whatever. So, yeah, it's a nice place to hang out with your dogs. And I noticed also how many of the uh, traders leave water out for the dogs, which I think is a really nice thing to do. It is. Again, I would never have thought of this until I have a dog of my own and I take it to our, uh, we've got a cafe just down the road that's just opened and they don't have a bowl of water. And I'm like, they need a bowl of water. <laughs> That's <laughs> How life changes. <laughs> but um, you did just mention, Rebecca, about, you know, those really big verandas and everything. And, and that's what Molden is. They're really old weatherboard homes, like solid stone buildings and just these decorative shop fronts. Like it is the most lovingly preserved um, village, as you would call it, and just such a great place to yeah to to come and visit. How has the last two years been without that steady influx of tourism? It's been interesting because 
I was really worried to start with. Malden was actually built for a much larger population than it has now. So there are more shops than you would expect in the village. And in most villages, there's, you know, two or three, but we've got um, many. Um, and I thought, oh, this will knock us back a few years. The shops will shut. It will, we won't grow. But the opposite has actually been true because we've had a lot of new businesses moving in, either locals who've gone, that's it, I'm just going to open that shop I've always wanted to open, or other people have come in and been impressed by the vibrancy of Molden, particularly on weekends when we were at our busiest, and gone, yeah, this looks like a place that will work for me. Uh, so we've been really fortunate. Um, and the other interesting change I noticed was when Melbourne was still locked down and we really missed our Melbourne visitors because they're you know, a big chunk of who comes to see us, people from around Victoria, the regions, were travelling through Malden because they weren't going north and they were rediscovering Victoria, whereas in the past they would have got in their van and gone north for you know, winter or whatever it was. So that's been really lovely to have more locals and regional visitors rediscovering Malden. I would love to just say that I have also found the regional visitors to be an amazing experience for me during kind of in and out of lockdown. Um, when I first started offering workshops, I think I had in my head that most people would be coming from Melbourne. Um, but what I've found up until relatively recently is that it has almost exclusively been from uh, surrounding regional areas. So that was kind of a bit of a surprise. And um, it, it also helped me to kind of expand my thinking around where my market is. Now, Kate, you must be reading my notes because that was actually one of my oh. questions. <laughs> I was about to ask, um, yeah. you know, what does your clientele look like? You know, are you bringing sort of a city in and then they're being able to explore? But um, I suppose the opposite is just as valuable, isn't it? Those sort of larger towns that circle Molden because you're actually quite central, aren't you, really? Um Everything's sort of connected through there. Uh, there's many ways that you can go to to different areas and, and cross through Molden, which is worth it. Yeah, I actually, um, I really agree with that. And it's something that I, it wasn't really in my psychology, I guess, uh, before, before COVID. So I tended to kind of think of Molden as being a destination from Melbourne. Um, and I hadn't really kind of mapped in my head where, I mean, obviously I know on a map where we are, but I hadn't really made that connection that we're central to so many other regional areas. So, you know, to Bendigo and to Ballarat and um, to even kind of going out, I've had people come from further west as well, um, and also even from places like Shepparton um, and, and up north, so, and the northeast. So that was quite eye-opening for me. And um, the other thing I've really, appreciated about that is that quite a few you know a reasonable percentage of these people who have attended a workshop have come back for a second and even third workshop or continue to connect or engage in in other ways whether it's through social media or through um i i have started offering some online uh, programs as well so people being interested in in those so that was a really unexpected and nice outcome i guess 
I'm not surprised by that either, Kate. Um, (laughs) I think when people meet you, it is a connection that you want to continue um, from that first sort of meeting. And I know that's been, you know, how it has been for for me. Um, I'm actually intrigued how you both came up with your business names. Uh, Rebecca, did you want to explain to us, yeah, how did, where did Portia and Co come from? I'll give you one guess. Um, Not the dogs. You're not going to say the dogs, are you? I am going to say the dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Our very first dog was called Portia. And so it was a nod to her as being um, uh, central to our family. And the co is for all the ones who've come after her. Oh, my gosh. I love it. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? It's really hard to come up with a business name when you're in a hurry, let me tell you. Absolutely. It's, it definitely is. And, I mean, the easiest thing to do is to look to your kids or your dogs for inspiration. Yep. So, yep. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of kids' names in business businesses out there. Well, Oak Magazine, uh, my youngest is called Oakley. So, I mean, obviously there's been a little bit of inspiration there. Um, But yeah, I just definitely don't tell the other three that, that, you know, there's a (laughs) favourite. You just need three more businesses, that's all. Oh, exactly. (laughs) And uh, what about yourself, Kate? Winter Creek Flowers, where did that come from? Yes. Well, again, I had to come up with a name rapidly when I was looking for you know, to register a URL and a business and so on at, at one point in time. But um, it it came from, I came up with a name, I think it was back in about 2016 when I first started growing flowers, or lavender in particular, at um, our place. So we live on the side, the lowest slope of uh, Mount Tarangawa. So most of our property is very, very steep, except for um, a couple of small sections that um, are adjacent to a creek. But this creek only flows in winter and only increasingly occasionally, I might add. But um, so, yeah, it just seemed like a kind of natural name for um, a kind of extension of the actual physical place where I was doing a lot of my flower work. Um, And it also, every time I, even now, every time I say the name or type the name, it it kind of reconnects me back to that and the feelings that I had and what it was that was important to me about starting the business, I guess. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That really is. Uh, In terms of business, just to continue on in this thread, it sounds like you've both done really well over the last two years. Has there been moments where you've maybe doubted what you've done or thought oh is this the right step should I be going left instead of right uh yes good (laughs) it's both sounding very good I don't know what I'm doing wrong over here but oh good good Um, take me through it Kate yeah I'm one of these people who oh gosh how do I describe this I I have to go into the stretch zone and then jump out of it and then get back in it and out of it until I feel comfortable to go the next stretch. So I am always second guessing myself and, um, you know, questioning that I'm going in the right direction and am I making the right decisions? But luckily that aspect of my personality is countered, I guess, by, you know, a real desire to create and to make things happen and to interact with people and, 
I guess also I want my business to be something that does something good in the world. So for me, being able to support uh, sustainable growers or um, even being able to grow my own flowers without using you know, toxic chemicals and all the rest of it, um, that actually helps me to, to get into that stretch zone and out of my comfort zone. Um, but I don't always find it easy um, at all. <laughs> yep. Do you have a inner circle that you connect with and talk business? Yes, I do actually. I have uh, quite a few people. I have, um, I guess, some Melbourne-based friends, um, some of whom are running their own businesses. I also, uh, Rebecca, obviously, like we talk and support each other and there are other people around town that um, I would talk to quite often. Um, and I read a lot as well. Um, that's that's been really important to me. I read a lot of, I suppose, I don't know, self-help slash business type books, podcasts, uh, I have found to be very helpful as well, including, let's obviously focus on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, it has. It's been wonderful. And I think also because your focus is on regional, uh, you know, women, regional women in business, that's been super helpful because a lot of what I otherwise read or hear about is quite urban based. So uh, that that's it's good to be reminded that we're not alone. Absolutely. You need to hear the stories of yes. that are similar to your own um, so that you can connect and resonate. And, I mean, that's been one of the puzzle pieces for Oak was standing in a supermarket looking at the magazines and not seeing anything that spoke to me. Um, yes, yeah, absolutely. As you said, it's all sort of metro and urban and, yeah, we yeah. do have – different lifestyle and mm -hmm. yeah there's lots of different things different and... challenges and absolutely I, th I think you know the just the the distance thing sometimes uh like I'm not sure about you Rebecca but I do a lot of driving uh, and that's it wasn't something it's very prosaic and a kind of boring thing to have to think about but it is something I have to factor into my week because it can eat up a lot of my time without me even really realizing uh, so I, I think that may be a particular challenge um, and of course there's there's others getting things delivered can be problematic at times yeah and also yeah. workshops and events yeah. and things like that yes. and I think Kate that's what you're doing so well is you're mm -hmm. bringing those into a tiny town mm -hmm. um, and and offering that which you know, even regional centres struggle with. Mm. So um, well done you. I think that's oh, an amazing thank you. thing. <laughs> that's so nice. And what about yourself, Rebecca? What's the roller coaster look like for you? Um, are you still hanging on and do you ever want to get off? No, I don't. And I haven't had those feelings of doubt. I think because this is still so new to me, it's still, I enjoy it. And um, it's, I just feel so fortunate in it just feel so fortunate to have this opportunity and for it to be going well and to have it I guess I feel validated by the support of my family too because they're diving in with me and they're right behind me there's nobody saying Are you sure this is do you you know is this actually working we're just going you know what we'll just keep doing it for now you know there's so um, I just think I'm just feel too fortunate and glad to be doing this to be having doubts. 
I love your family by the sounds of it. I love how they <laughs> support. Um, I think many of us that are listening to this that are in business, we've, we've had family members say, are you sure about that? When my daughter tells me she's proud of me and when she says things like, but mum, we can see that you're happy, oh, you know, that that's what means so much. When I've come from when I was so burnt out and so you know, damaged really, to now be happy, you know, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Now, having experienced burnout before, um, is there any tactics or anything that you're putting in place to protect yourself against that again? Do you know the signs? Are you doing anything different? Well, one of your other podcasts reminded me of the signs. Um, it was um, the pink nade talking about her experience with burnout. And I get the eye twitch. And we used to laugh about it when I was in management in community services and we'd be in these huge meetings and I'd just be sitting there holding my eye and one of my friends would look across and go, she's got the twitch. And, you know, my my colleagues and my friends could note, could see, you know, that this eye twitch would develop when I was getting a bit stressed. So, yeah, I've got a couple of signs like that and it came back recently which helped me go, oh, hello, you know, I need to make a couple of changes. But I didn't realise how burnt out I was at the time. If we are feeling burnt out then and we need to take some time out and we could come and visit you both in Malden, can you take us through what are some favourite spots that we need to stop and visit and explore and shop and eat and, and all of the good things? Um, as I said before, we're lucky because the Molden CBD, as I like to call it, is quite large and so we have quite an interesting and diverse retail scene and for a long time it was known as an antique centre, which was part of the you know times in the 80s and beyond where everything was an antique shop and we still have some of those beautiful antique shops and some long-standing Shops like um, Enfilade, which is a French linen shop, for example. And we've now got some new vintage shops like Tansley and Co that are bringing a different vibe to the antique and vintage. And then we've got this sort of core of destination shops, as I call them, the well-known, the, the shops that people come to because they know that shop's there, like the wool stash for your wool and the village patch for fabrics for quilters. We've got a Christmas shop, which is a huge draw, you know, at Christmas. Um, the lolly shop, which is open every day and is a must. And even the ice cream and fudge shop. And the recipe in the fudge shop has been handed down in Molden from hand to hand for quite a number of decades. So that's pretty special. Then we've got beautiful boutiques of clothing for adults and children and toys and decorator pieces and homewares and then we've also got the art scene so we've got Cascade Gallery and the newer Edge Gallery and of course Porsche and Co. Um, uh, so we've yeah it's really diverse and it's just interesting. Perfect lots of shops uh, the lolly shop has been a favourite uh, since childhood for myself and now for my kids. Uh, it's one of those generational things, um, I think. And Kate, did you want to take us through um, a couple of other things that we can do in Molden? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I'm a bit of a history buff myself, so I really appreciate the history and heritage aspects 
of the town and it's something that I'm always keen to point out to any any visitors that I that I have that my husband and I have so I think um, if that's your jam then Malden is definitely a great place to come we have this incredible streetscape with uh, 19th century you know Victorian era, era um, facades and um, even I think we referenced earlier the the wide awnings over the street there's uh, legacy signage from probably early 20th century um, so lots lots of photo ops as well I guess um, it's, 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 there are aspects of the town that are just quite unique I guess um, and Malden actually was Australia's first notable town and it was awarded that because its streetscape and its built environment is actually so intact and so authentic so I think that's a, a really special thing about the town. Um, I and I guess just for, you know expanding on the historic side of things, we have a wonderful museum, the Malden Museum. It's actually a registered museum, and it has some really interesting ex exhibitions. It's also great if you are doing some family research. Um, they have fabulous archives, very detailed. They do. It's, I, believe it's all volunteer run um, so they do you know an amazing job with their archives and research um, genealogical research and so on um, we have the Malden Vintage Machinery Museum so if you're interested in I suppose the industrial history of Victoria particularly that's a great place to go look at all machines and early motors and so on uh, that doesn't appeal to me quite so much, but I, I know that my husband likes to pop down there with, you know, when he's got his dad and his brother in town. Um, we have the mines, of course, or rather what's left of the mines. So Gold Rush Town, back in the day, it was a, quite a large population. I think we're less than 2,000 these days. But as Rebecca referenced earlier, the town was built for a much bigger demographic and I think at one point it had around about 20,000 people, 18 to 20,000 people living there and many of these people were what, in the mines or in related um, businesses and activities. So if uh, fossicking or looking at uh, mining uh, history is your thing then you've got at least this Beehive and North British mine that are all close to town. Um, and we also have lovely cafes and restaurants. So, you know, when you need to take a break from all your shopping and sightseeing, um, there's plenty of options. Uh, we have a bit of a French theme, I think, going on with a new restaurant called Table et Terroir. We have La Salle Cafe, which is another French uh, themed eatery, I guess. So that's great for baguettes. They also do dinners on the weekend and a whole range of other cafes, Cafe Malden, the Gold Exchange, Ferryman's. I'm absolutely bound to leave someone out of here, but it's only because <laughs> I just can't think at the minute. But they are—they're all, you know, diverse offerings. So there's always, you know, somewhere. Malden Rose Cafe is uh, a great cafe as well, and two hotels. So you can definitely get, you know, the traditional pub pub meal um, as as well as the other options. So I think I think those are things that spring to mind for me. Lots of places to stay whole variety of accommodation options everything from like teeny tiny miners cottages right through to converted uh, churches and um, you know more 
larger mansion-y type places as well. Um, so yeah, lots, lots, lots that's special and lots, lots to do. And we haven't really even touched on the surrounding areas. Um, so in the countryside around us, we have quite a few producers, wineries, uh, farm experiences. We have, uh, just trying to think how to describe it, uh, would you call it the um, Clydesdale farm, Rebecca? Oh, yeah, yes, Sandy Creek. Sandy Creek, yeah, they're one of the largest, I think they are the largest breeding Clydesdale farm and they have open days where you can go and see the foals and look at all the other farm animals. That's pretty special. I've heard great things about that, actually. I've seen that in my Facebook feed uh, over the holiday period of other friends and family going there, so that's definitely. I was thinking the steam train as and well. And the steam train, yes. I was yeah. just about to say the steam train uh, runs from Castlemaine to Malden twice a week. Uh, so I think, I'm not sure if you need to book, but um, it's a very popular uh, tourism experience for a well, visitors to Castlemaine as well as Malden, um, and it, it's it's a again a really authentic uh, way to kind of get those glimpses into the past. Mm, yeah, I just while you were describing everything, um, Kate, I was just thinking it rather than situating ourselves, you know, in a bigger regional town when we're holidaying, like how nice it would be to be in a smaller one and then go and visit out, if you know what I mean. So you're coming back to that really, I don't know, like cosy, comforting place where there's no bright lights. It's it's just really calm nature. Um you know, and you could really get to know that local coffee shop, I think, if you were to stay for a few days. Um, yeah, yeah, like if you're right. It's, it. And it's so, it, it really is central from Dalesford, even Ballarat, Dalesford, you know, Bendigo, there's this great art that you can sort of drive through and if you situate yourself in Malvern. Absolutely. Well, the little loop that we do, obviously I'm in Bendigo, so um, the little loop that we usually do is Malden Castlemaine. Um, you know, so we might go to Castlemaine and have a morning coffee and then come over to Malden and then home or vice versa. Um, yeah, and it's just yeah. a beautiful little day trip. Like there's such easy things to, to add into your weekend. Absolutely. And um, I think, I mean, the podcast will probably have passed by the time this happens. So everyone start planning for 2023. Um, geez, that sounds so far away. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, Molden has its twilight dinner mm, in yeah, the street yeah. this weekend, which yes, yes. is so just it, phenomenal. It is. Molden's got a history of um, long-standing events that are most of them, they're community run. Uh, and they're institutions in their own right. So we have the twilight dinner, which happens to close the street down, put the tables out, put the food out, the wine and music, and it goes off like a, you know, like a firework. It's fantastic. And we've also got the Easter Fair, which has been running since 1878, would you believe? And even during COVID, when they couldn't have their normal events, they organised a virtual Easter parade. So people submitted their own videos and they put them together and that became the Easter parade so that we didn't lose a year. Um, and the Folk Festival, of course, which runs um, at the start of November, and that's been running since 1974. And they're just um, 
yeah, it's an extraordinary output for such a little little town. It is. It really is. Um, I was just thinking of the places I've seen on Instagram that just invite me to stay. I think I just look at them and think, oh my gosh, I need a weekend away there. Is um, Sunday House in Molden? I think that's just made for Instagram. It's just oh, absolutely it stunning. It <laughs> it's built the same time as the church that I have, but it's much, 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 much bigger. And it's, I think it's three bedrooms, Kate. Oh, even more. Is it or at is least it more? three? I yeah, think it three or four. Yeah. It sleeps um, quite a few people. It does. Gorgeous big kitchen, huge dining room, amazing backyard, and it's right in the centre of town. It's fantastic. So I hope that we've inspired so many more people to, to come and visit or what we'd prefer is for them to stay for a weekend, stay for an extended period, make it their base and then explore everything that's out and around. Um, yeah, the beautiful Central Vic region would be just fabulous. <laughs> um, before I let you go, I have two more questions for you each. What does 2022 look like? Rebecca? For me, I'm hoping it's just more of the same, being open all the time, more finding more interesting makers and things to put in my shop. I've already just bought a whole lot of new things that are coming in. So that's what I love is presenting the new straight from the maker and the artist. Um, yeah, more of the same, I'm hoping. Perfect. And yourself, Kate? Yes, I, I think I feel the same. I feel that the last couple of years has been a lot of, uh, for me, trying different workshops, uh, you know, different offerings, and I feel that I have a really good handle now on, on the types of things that people enjoy the most. So I feel like I am about to enter a period of kind of consolidation but a bit of growth in that I want to, you know, COVID permitting, expand the number of workshops that I can offer and uh, also look maybe at offering, a, you know, private workshops perhaps, maybe something for brides and bridal parties, um, as well as the, the kind of regular every couple of weeks workshops that, that I am doing at the moment. So I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And look, Christmas will be here before we know it. Oh, uh, so, I mean, everyone, please keep an eye out for Kate's uh, Christmas wreath-making oh, workshops. Yes. They bloody sell out in a flash um they I'm still do. yet to make one <laughs> <laughs> they're so much fun they really are uh, yeah. and it, it would you believe every year I'm looking for something to put on my front door <laughs> and I think um, oh yeah that's right I was supposed to do Kate's workshop <laughs> next year I'll reserve a spot for you ah <laughs> uh, thank you thank you and my favorite question uh to wrap us up could you each tell me about a friend of yours that we need to know about Oh gosh, so many, but somebody, or actually this is a trio of people who run a business in Malden and they spring to mind because I have had some amazing experiences working with them over the past year or so. And they are the owners of Malden Rose Cafe. So that's, um, it's a family business and it's Kimberly, Jade and Grace. It's, so that's a mum and two daughters, two sisters. They run an amazing cafe. It's the most beautifully decorated, sweet, charming, pretty 
cafe in town. Um, I think it's the prettiest cafe I've ever seen, actually. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, a very, very uh, photogenic location. And they make the most wonderful patisseries, baked goods, uh, cakes, award-winning scones, which I can highly recommend. Um, they have done quite a bit of the catering for my workshops over the past while. And they have just been, they're unflappable, incredible service and just deliver just the most amazing product every time that really adds to the to the experience that I'm you know hoping to give my uh, guests so yes definite shout out to them well I mean I would obviously visit on your recommendation Kate Please. but also the fact <laughs> that you said Kimberly Jade like that's my obviously first and my middle name so oh. I feel that that's ironic <laughs> and it's just meant to be so I must go yeah <laughs> <laughs> and what about yourself, Rebecca, a friend of yours that we need to know about? Yeah, I've got a bit more of a list, I guess. I, firstly, I do want to give a shout out to Robin and Louise who helped me run the shop because of their dedication and commitment to everything that Porsche & Co is. And Robin Riley is one of the artists whose work I have in the shop as well, so I'm doubly lucky there. I want to give a shout out to Roz at the Woolstash. The Woolstash is next to Porsche and Co. And she's been a wonderful neighbour and encourager since I first opened the doors and now a good friend. Uh, and shout out to Valentina at Tansley and Co, who we I have collaborated with um, running competitions and things to keep ourselves sane during lockdown. And her vintage store is well worth a look and she does some really quirky design things, vintage inspired design things in there. And also to Lauren at Much Ado, because Much Ado is the other big gift shop in in Malden and we are both thrilled to have each other open seven days a week and, you know, being gift shops that are different and complementing each other and I'm really grateful for that. So, yeah. So many shout-outs I could give, but I will stop there. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, it's so funny. See, this is why we don't have video uh, on our podcast because I'm actually scrolling through mold and getaways um, <laughs> and looking at all the places to stay purely because I've been listening to podcasts um, about how to set yourself up for 2022. So um, one of them that I've been listening to, they recommend that you get out of the space that you're in and go somewhere new because obviously, you know, when you're in the same space, you're feeling the same way and and there's just a level of creativity that comes when we're um, outside our four walls. And they've obviously, it's a uh, more of a metro-based uh, or city-based podcast and they're like, yeah, just go to your local beach and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking my local beach is like three and a half hours away. <laughs> That's then, you know, a six-hour trip, six hours out of my day. And I'm thinking, my gosh, Molden for me is just 30 minutes down the road. Um, I'm looking at these beautiful B&Bs or places that you can stay and, you know, and then the landscape and thinking like just that country space, like that is even creative in its own way. And I think that's probably something we haven't touched on a lot uh, today, but the surrounding countryside is, I think, just something very, very special. Um, before we moved permanently to Malden, I would come up for weekends and I was very town-focused and we obviously do have 
amazing retail and fantastic cafes and restaurants to spend time in. But it really wasn't until I was there on a more permanent basis that I began exploring the countryside around the town in more detail. And it is really quite stunning. We have lots of scenic locations, uh, places with great views. We have a lake, um, you know, beautiful canola fields at the right time of year. It, it is something really special. And for those people who like to get out and about and experience nature, it's a very easy thing to do from Malden. You can easily get on a bike track or go for a walk and um, discover what's around. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, get your girlfriends together, leave the kids at home sometimes, I think. Um, <laughs> I think we deserve, after all the homeschooling we've done, we deserve some time out with our friends. Um, and I think it just, I would come back a whole new person. So <laughs> um, I'm planning one of those coming Great. up very soon. <laughs> we look forward to it. So I want to thank you both, Kate and Rebecca, for being guests on the podcast. Uh, I love that you've both chosen to come from Metro and, and live and work and drive change in rural communities. And, uh, yeah, what you both do is amazing. Both of your stores and, and the services you provide are at the top of my list. So thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. Pleasure. Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions, we'd like to celebrate a win. You can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Oak Magazine AU. I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine.